Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome back to the 500 Mile Podcast. We return from Martinsville weekend, where we had it all pretty much. We had the hot dog stand, run out of hot dogs, had a fist fight with a guy who had his helmet on, had everything, uh, along with F1, IndyCar, and a whole lot more. So we'll get into that. I'm Justin Kolb, along with Michael Skinner. And Michael, as I said, we saw it all. Um, honestly, not a whole lot to talk about on the NASCAR side, which is, uh, I don't know, lackluster, to say the least. Yeah, you know, I'm pretty sure you could classify as uh, the first one was a shit show. The second one uh, showed true colors, and the third one was an, kind of a snooze fest. But uh, luckily, we had some other motorsports around during the weekend to kind of boost our spirits back up, which is unfortunate to say, because I think we're both extremely, you know, diehard NASCAR fans. So we want NASCAR to be the best race of the other weekend. But unfortunately, it didn't go that way. Uh, but, you know, what, what can you do? We'll learn, learn from this and, and come back at the next short track, maybe with a few more notes and hopefully with three better, three better races. Indeed. All right. Well, let's, uh, I mean, let's just jump right into it. Honestly, I don't know. We're going to be spending a whole lot of time on NASCAR this week. Um, I think the most we'll probably talk about is the Xfinity race, because I think both you and me have some opinions on that that need to get aired. But, um, I mean, we'll just start with the trucks. It was um, a little bit better than last time we were there, I guess. Not by much, though. Um, you know, classic short track Martinsville race in the trucks. Nobody really, uh, nobody giving, everybody taking. Um, 11 cautions, which took up 71 of the 200 laps. Um, I mean, there was one fight at the end, but I wouldn't even consider it a fight. It was just Haley Deegan and Lawless Allen. Still a great name. Um, just seemed like they were talking it out. Some words exchanged, and uh, it seemed like everybody moved on from there. Yeah, uh, it kind of goes, it kind of goes along with the path that we've been talking about for the past couple of weeks now, with the aggression in the sport right right now versus patience. You know, this is just a magnitude of what we've seen over the past couple of weekends in one race. It was, I mean, it was a disaster, you know, 71 of 200. You know, how can you even say, how can you say that that is a race at that point? You know, uh, I, I don't know. I, I always look forward to the truck races. I always think they're sometimes the best races of the weekend, but I'd say probably for the past, maybe year and a half now we've we've lost a lot of that respect that you and I talk about you know like I said over the past couple of weeks and I think it's hurt the truck races a little bit because we don't see a lot of racing anymore you know we see a lot of cautions we see a lot of wrecks but they're kind of just dumb wrecks they don't make any sense so I, I I don't know you know they're supposed to be tough truckers or whatever the hell uh Michael Waltrip calls them but Right now, they just kind of crash a lot and spend a lot of time under caution. So, uh, I, I don't know. You know, I used to like seeing some some green flag running. We used to see every once in a while a green flag pit stop. And, you know, that was always nice on, on the truck side to see those guys get to do something that they don't normally do. But I don't see that happening anytime in the future, especially with the way they're going. But, yeah, it was kind of just a disaster. Um, I don't even know what the longest green flag run was, but I can't can't imagine it was more than twenty laps. 
it just seemed like every time you looked there was a there was a ridiculous accident going on yeah indeed well i mean that's kind of all i had for the the truck race honestly was there anything else that um caught your eye wanted to talk about before we uh go on to the results here yeah you know uh you know johnny Sauter. i mean the guy yes racing part-time this year uh you know i'm pretty sure everybody thought he was washed and comes out starts almost dead last in the field drives up and finishes the best of the thor sport trucks so you know still got it you know he's still pretty good at martinsville we definitely talked about it last week uh, on the podcast last. yeah so we talked about it on the pod- podcast last week you know how good johnny Sauter is there so is it, it it's not really a surprise because we know how good he is but it is a surprise just because of where he at is where he is at in his career and where he, what he's doing you know this year but um william byron great start to the weekend you know it definitely started it and ended it well but Overall, yeah, it was it was kind of disappointing. You know, I, I looked forward to a Thursday night truck race, and it just kind of fell flat on its face. You turned in for a Thursday night race, and you got a demolition derby, pretty much. Yeah, yeah, with I a think small race I, mixed in. What I said a couple weeks, yeah, a couple weeks ago about you know we'll turn it around and make it a figure eight, like my man Tony Stewart said. I think uh, that's basically what we saw. Just we didn't get the figure eight part of it because we didn't need to. They crashed. They crashed into to each other on the straightaways. Yep. Indeed. Well, I am glad that you brought up Johnny Sauter. I was going to mention him in the uh, the results, but yeah, heck of a run for that guy. Um, honestly, didn't expect too much of him, as you said, just because where he's at in his career, running a part-time schedule, but dude chose. He still got it on the short tracks. He's a short track racer and uh, backed it up last night or on uh, Thursday. So good to see. Um, also... I mean, was there anything else you want to talk about? Because I want to talk about this impressive run for Toyota that they had. Uh, Second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh, tenth, eleventh, twelfth, thirteenth. That's, uh, I mean, other than the win, that's that's pretty close to dominating that top ten, top fifteen. Yeah, they were almost good enough to win. Indeed. (laughs) If only uh, William Byron wasn't in the race, because that man... uh, had Martinsville down pat this week. How about how about Aspire truck being in contention the last two truck races, but they can't their uh, their cup team can't figure out how to run thirtieth. But that's a different conversation. Ouch. Just saying. all right, all right. Was there anything else we want to talk about other than burning Spire Motorsports? No, no. I think I think that's pretty much it. Uh, my my i gotta do my you know thumbs up and disappointment as as i usual do just to keep it a a tradition um i'm gonna go with i'm gonna go with thumbs up to parker clickerman just because i like parker and then my thumbs down is to everybody else in the field they they all they all sucked (laughs) (laughs) it was it was so bad it was a disaster Michael has no filter this week. Just getting straight to the point. I like it. I like They're it. so bad. They're like uh, it. it was awful. I mean, Ben Ben Rhodes, you know, and Chandler Eck is talking about talking about a block at uh, I don't even remember it was Las Vegas on on Kyle blaming Kyle for it. Makes another bad block. You know, tries to block his teammate into the you know 
yellow sand or water barrels, whatever they have there. It was just stupid. It was, it was awful. Just dumb racing. Yeah, I don't like. I don't even know how Haley Deegan can be mad at Lawless Island. Like, did she not watch the rest of the race? Like, in all honesty, that was probably one of the least. Like, they both finished twentieth and nineteenth. So, yeah. yeah. All right. Well, let's give him the rundown. You got William Byron taking home the win on Thursday night. Led 94 of 200 laps. Started 32nd on the field. So just like Johnny Sauter had a lot of work to do, but both of them made it up to the front. Of course, Johnny Sauter finishing in second. Uh, unfortunately, didn't lead any laps, but man, um, was that truck strong. Uh, also had Mike or uh, Matt Crafton's old crew chief on the box. I know we discussed that last week. Just... I don't know. I still find that pretty cool. Uh, Kyle Busch came home in third, led one lap. John Hunter Nemechek in fourth. And Ben Rhodes rounds out your top five, leading 47 laps. Uh, in sixth is Chandler Smith. Matt Crafton came home in seventh. Grant Infinger in eighth. Zane Smith in ninth after leading 55 laps. And Tyler Ankrum your, will round out your top ten. And, uh, I mean, as far as my thumbs up, thumbs down, mine definitely, my thumbs up, definitely going to Johnny Sauter. Um, I, I think we've, uh, explained his case well enough, just still got it. And, uh, I don't know, thumbs down. As you said, there's a lot of people in that field who you can give a thumbs down to. Um, it's sad when you can close your eyes and pick something and it's already, you, you know, it's going to be bad. Pick a name out of a hat. I, you know yeah. what? My thumbs down is going to Christian Eckes for that poor block that he threw on his teammate, actually. There was probably other things that I can give thumbs down to, but come on, man. All right. Anything else we want to talk about with the, uh, what was it, the Blue Emu Maximum Pay Relief 200? Unfortunately, this somehow was not the worst Blue Emu race of the weekend. Sure. I'm just, I'll, I'll just leave it at that. But not That's for the good... same reasons. No, for completely opposite reasons. Sorry, yeah, I, you sound like you kind of sound like a spoiled race fans. You know what I'm saying? Like we got a utter fucking disaster, and then we got kind of a disaster in a different way. You know, we we want something in the middle, and we'll never get that. But yeah, yeah. What we saw in the truck race: it, seventy-one laps. That is ridiculous. Well, if you think 71 laps under caution for 11 cautions is pretty bad, uh, I don't have the lap count, but how about 15 cautions in the Xfinity race and a, uh, a Talladega-sized big one in turn one to uh, just cap it all off? Man, Friday was uh, was something. Um, got a lot of strong opinions on this. Um, good to see Dale Jr. in the field again. Uh, we'll start off with that. Um, I think the most important part about that was he had fun. Um, didn't quite get that top 10, but he had fun. And I think that's yeah. all he came to do and uh, mission accomplished. Yeah. Unfortunately, this is the first time since he's been retired and doing the back and the, you know, once a race thing during the year that he has finished outside of the top 10. Um, but still, you know, guy suits it up once a year, comes out and finishes uh, P11 with a relatively strong field. You know, um, it helps out. You know that he uh, got lucky there at the end, but I think overall he was he was any you know probably a seventh to eleventh place car all night, anyways. But uh, yeah, we definitely have a little bit to talk about in this one. 
Um, yeah. Well, let's uh, so, let's let's save that so. for last because I do want to talk about the other wrecking ball in the field, uh, Joe Graff. I know you have some uh, opinions on it. Yeah, that dude has the longest brake pedal ever. <laughs> was I it mean, two I, three wrecks he caused? Uh, just just dump the shit out of people. I mean, that dude went in there like nine car lengths back and was like, ah, I'm thinking only one of us is going to make the corner. And it was never the car in front of him. You make it sound so bad, but it actually was. Like, that's just like a perfect analogy. Yeah. Just literally, like, there's no getting around it. Just literally no. dumped the shit out of everybody. Like, like, one time you're like, okay, I get it. But then the second time was like even worse. And you're like, that's so bad. That's, yeah. It's so bad. Didn't he have the hood uh, up, like, up in front of his face at one point? Or was that someone else? I could have swore he had it at one point. Could have. Could have. Uh, and it probably would have been a better argument when he started running into people. Yep. If he did have the hood up, at least he had an excuse other than just being Joe Graff. Can we talk about how bad this guy is and somehow still gets sponsorship? I'm not saying it's in a top-funded car, but I'm pretty sure that other people could at least not wreck five or six cars. I think the I think the most surprising thing the brakes only work for that big accident. Yeah, I, I'm not sure. I think watching the video we watched earlier, I don't think he was actually involved in that one. But uh, yeah, a few a few things to talk about in the in, in the race. Um, one thing I do want to talk about, and I know. This is something that you bring up every week is the broadcast coverage and the people in the booth with the revolving door. Uh, yeah. So what did you think of Eric and Austin in the booth compared to what we've seen uh, the past couple of weeks? You know, we talked about it a little bit before we started. Um, I didn't think that they were bad. I want to start off saying that, but I it just felt dull. Uh, they did a great job explaining everything, but they didn't do it in a way that really made me excited. Um, but, I mean, they're not very excitable people i guess they're very monotone both of them um i think the best part was probably the uh the joke that eric cracked about brandon jones when adam was talking to him or talking about him and then he's like that's my cousin and just delivered it with a straight face you could hear it in his voice so that was awesome um and austin's little um i don't know the best term for it but those little little quick comments when especially during the uh the thing that we will get to later here the fight but um I, they weren't bad but i can't believe i'm saying this i think i would have preferred joey in the booth because i i don't know about you i love that man in the booth just how much fun he brings to it yeah i think joey does a good job and i think the one thing that i that joey does i think better than a lot of others is uh he's able to no matter who he's with, there's somehow, ever, even though, you know, he is who he is sometimes in a race car, he's able to have some type of camaraderie with the other person in the booth. Yes. So it's a fun broadcast. Um, but the only thing I got to say, man, it's still Fox. Like, Fox is still Fox. Like, I don't know what the hell they're doing. Like, the, one, the biggest, biggest thing I got to think about is it was after caution, I think it was like lap 12, 10 or somewhere around there. They're literally talking about Brett Moffitt like five seconds before the restart. The restart happens. He clearly misses a shift, breaks something. I think broke the drive shaft. 
falls like a rock. Nobody says anything for the rest of the race. Just disappeared. When they were just talking about him running up top and he and how well he runs at Martinsville. I think I and remember fa- this. I think they did fa- like <laughs> he's just gone. And then like I, like two hundred laps later, they're like, Oh yeah, Brett Malvitt, he's no longer in the race, he broke something. I'm like No, uh, it wasn't that long, but it was it was it was unacceptably well, yeah, long. long. The, I think it was like race. five minutes after it happened. They finally mentioned like, "Hey, Brett Moffat is off the track." Because you could see him on. I, I you heard you start talking it. about. You could see him you falling like a rock. It. Yeah, and even I was <laughs> like, "What's happening?" I just thought I thought the funniest part was it was they were literally just talking about him, and then up oh, there he goes, and then just crickets. Yeah. I'm like, "All right, I guess we're just not going to cover that part of it." Um, yeah. I can't wait for NBC. You know, as as much as that pains me, because I I used to love Fox. Fox was always my favorite broadcast. I'm just I I'm looking for something different. I'm hoping that they make different choices in some of the things they they do. Uh, yeah. I, I don't I don't know. You know, it's just I think that they could do a better job of showing our sport. You know, like the one thing about like like F1 coverage, like you rarely ever saw the top two drivers like Max Verstappen and uh, Leclerc were gone. Like they were gone. You never saw them again. Can't say that I ever saw them. Yeah. Right. They, they always found the battle no matter what, if it was for freaking last, they found the battle. So <clears throat> I don't know. I, I, like I said, looking forward to NBC, NBC does a good job on the IMSA coverage and the IndyCar coverage so far this year. Looking, looking forward to NBC, uh, in what a couple weeks now, I think. Uh, it's probably gonna be a few, it's gonna be a few months. I Is think. it a few months? Oh, I that's so. more disappointing. Well, I mean, as I said to you, it's you know, if you would have told me that you know, arguably NBC was better than Fox at this point four or five years ago, I would have definitely had an argument for it. But I don't have any real evidence at this point to really back it up now, and that's. Fox was always the go-to. Um, I always looked forward to seeing that. I always hated NBC, but now I think it's going to be a little bit of the opposite. I still don't. I'm not a huge fan of Rick Allen, not going to lie. Um, but as far as coverage and other things that they have going on, I think it's going to be a lot better. Um, most importantly, they're not going to have the silly, stupid shit that they have on pre-race, I'm sure, like Fox did. Um, I don't want to hear covers of old Hollow Notes songs, and I don't want to see drawn up superhero characters doing dances. Do you, have you seen how buff Kyle Bush looks in his oh, I have, uh, cartoon photo? I've seen it. I was like, damn, they did they did they did our guy justice. Yeah. For no reason. One thing I do want to point out though is you and I typically on the podcast, on our Xfinity pot part of the part of the podcast, there's a specific person that I always talk about. For the past two races, he has not been in the race car. Yep. And I believe last weekend that certain race car driven by a certain person finished in the top 20. That same car driven again by a different person this week not only finished in the top 20, finished 16th. 16th. Okay. How? It was 16th. the same person, by the way. Is, well, that's, well, that's what I'm saying. So, 
that one person was able to lift this certain car driven by Jesse Uji from 38th every weekend to a top 20 race car. Um, so I can no longer at this point bash the race team. So this week I had to find a new person. And you want to know who that new person is, Justin? Oh, I already know. Tell the people. It is Natalie Decker. When we talk about, we're talking about how bad the truck race was. She was even worse. I have never. Right. Okay. So she had some problems here and there throughout the race. But ultimately, she finished the race running. She finished behind. Let's see. One, two, three cars that had accidents. Because she was so slow. She she was almost a second and a half off qualifying pace at Martinsville. Why was she I, in a race car? None of what like, you said at, surprised me. So at, at one point in time, she got lapped so fast. I don't even remember what happened. Ty Gibbs went by her so fast, I couldn't read her number. I thought she stopped. Let alone, she was part of an accident at one point in time to where the accident was halfway through the corner and she was at the beginning of the corner. Even on the, even, even on the broadcast, they're like, oh, and, uh, and that Natalie Decker spun around too. <laughs> so, so... So, so I'm just going to put it... So the, the, the top 30 looks like this, okay? Sheldon Creed, right? Finished 30th running. J.J. Yaley, 31st running. Jeb Burton, 32nd accident. Mason Massey, 33rd DVP. Brandon Brown, 34th accident. Natalie Decker, running. Yeah, I mean... Again, I'm not surprised... Uh -oh. She's a hazard. She's worse than Jesse Wuji. Jesse Wuji would have at least finished above the accident cars. I don't have anything against Natalie Decker. I want to like Certainly her. Not. But she has not done anything to impress me. In fact, it's been quite the opposite. She is I awful. She's awful. This is the worst race I've ever seen her drive. It was terrible. Yeah. Oh, man. Like, I know a lot of people had trouble in qualifying. You know, you, you saw, which was nice. You know, they were pushing. They had a few, few problems here and there. But Natalie Decker was going so slow. How did she have all those issues? She's Natalie Decker. Why did she drive? Why is she driving a race car? I... That part I cannot answer. Um, like what's like what sponsor wants to run thirty eighth? Bush apparently. Yeah, but that's a gimmick. I Come know. on. I know. Uh, listen again. I I I don't I don't want to be negative. I don't want us to be negative towards Natalie. But uh, again, it just he was awful. We've 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 seen enough to these to the... get an idea of what we're getting into with her. These these are the women that give women race car drivers bad names. That's it's, all. I'm it's saying. it's unfortunate, but it's true. It's exactly true. And it, it's 
I mean, I guarantee, I guarantee you, if you put Daniel Hemmick's wife in the same race car, she does better. Just saying. Yeah, I mean, she was pretty good. So, Kenzie was good, but yeah, it's um, you kind of know what you're getting into with Natalie, um, and yeah, again, I don't, I don't want to hate her again. She just has not done anything to impress me so far. Um, just her? been the opposite. The one thing that always stands out to me is when she got spun out by the wrecker at Bristol. That's the one thing you say, Natalie yeah. Decker. That's the first thing that comes uh, to mind. Listen, her driving was almost worse than Justin Allgaier's uh, wheel hop. Almost. Well, I don't know. That wheel hop was pretty pretty bad. It happened twice. That yeah, thing but it was like a basketball. Make we let's just move on to that real quick because. But it wasn't. It wasn't bad enough for him to finish worse than her. That was. That was still insane, though. I don't know that I've ever seen wheel hop quite like that. No, and especially not, especially not twice. Yeah. By the same, by the same car, which I, the first time I thought, oh, that that's bad, you know. But, yeah, I've never seen it that bad at like Martinsville before. Road course, you you see it, you know, all the time. But that that's probably the worst wheel hop, I think I've seen like, in a while. Honestly, yeah. I know. Uh, what was it, Hamlin, who had one a couple years ago in the Cup race. Yep. That just de- that destroyed his race car. I think that was sixteen, I believe. Uh yeah. But but, but yeah, that, that, thing was, that one was so bad. It was like a basketball. Kudos for him saving it the first time. I mean, that was magnificent. I think he only lost two spots through that whole thing, but uh yeah, unfortunately I think Augar had a pretty good car there at the end, but unfortunately got bit by uh the Easter hop. Yep. Speaking of Easter. It'll be Sunday. Yeah. I unfortunately will have to be on call this week. It was just, I hate the timing of this. Because I I don't know if I'm supposed to have Monday off. But if I am, then I'm going to have to technically be prepared to work. So that's not going to be That's fun, right. But... We'll just throw one of the 15 cautions that they threw in the Xfinity race for you. Oh, thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> yeah, no problem. They, they, they. It seemed like they threw a lot, and then uh, they didn't throw any for the for the cup race. So they used all the all the caution flags up on Thursday and Friday. But I think the biggest topic that you and I want to talk about is going to be what happened on the final lap. I know for once, I think you actually have more opinion and more to say on it than I do. Yeah. So I will let you take the floor on uh, the situation that happened between Ty Gibbs and the rest of the field. Yeah, it's... Listen, Richmond already kind of pissed me off. We all went through it. Um, We talked about it. Um, But you cannot... Just everything that Ty Gibbs did on Friday, just huge no-nos. A, pretty... Didn't wreck someone in the Richmond race, but I mean essentially moved him out of the way for the win. And that's essentially what uh, Sam Mayer did to him in turn three or four coming to the checker. Granted, a little harder, but still essentially the same thing. What does Ty do? You'd think, I was hoping that he would have taken it like a man. But instead, he's still 18, uh, went over to 
It's still on the track. Ran straight into the back of Sam, destroyed his car. Uh, I'm sure the guys in the shop weren't happy about that. I'd be pissed off if I were them because um, that was a pretty perfect race car, and now it's destroyed. Um, but got to pit road. I think there was a couple more shoves um, coming to pit road, and I know on pit road there was one last bump there. Um, both of them got out of the car. Taish walked straight over to Sam. Helmet's still on. Sam was in the process of taking his helmet off. Got it off. Um, Ty had never made any attempt. That's no-no number one. Take your helmet off if you're going to get into a confrontation. Um, Sam did. He didn't. So, But just just the way he handled that whole thing was just awful. Um, he's the best car on track every week. He has the ability for everybody to like him. You know, he's young, he's up and coming, but man, he has just shot himself in the foot every week so far this week or this year, it seems like. Um, it's it's honestly impressive how how hard <laughs> he wants people to not like him, it seems like, because again, he helmets are off on the Sam. Um, he shoved, it kind of reminded me of Joey and uh, Denny in 2019, um, where... Uh, Ty shoved him and then walked away like he wasn't expecting any sort of rebuttal or anything. Um, but yeah, Sam walked back over and from what Ty said, he snapped and went into a punching contest. But again, if you're going to punch someone who doesn't have their helmet on and you have the helmet on, you, sir, and I excuse my French, but there's no way of getting around it. You, sir, are a bitch. So I believe that's the uh, the term in the garage. Um. He was already going to the NASCAR hauler, by the way. I don't think we mentioned this. He was going to the NASCAR hauler for, uh, I believe it was not slowing down in time for the caution. Um, was still running pretty fast around the safety vehicles, around the wrecks. So they called him to the hauler for that on like lap 40, 50, something like that. Uh, really early in the race, stage one. Um, but yeah, got a second trip. Granted, they shook hands at the end, but... Um, the reaction I saw on Twitter and me personally, there are not a lot of Ty Gibb fans anymore. Um, you know, I, I kind of wanted to like him. He already had a bad taste in my mouth. Um, take this with a grain of salt. I did race him in an iRacing hosted race at one point. He did something stupid. I called him out for it and his, I think either he or his posse kicked me out. That was kind of my introduction. And I mean, I'm not seeing much different on the racetrack at this point. So, um, yeah, I, uh, Ty's got talent, but he's got to learn to bottle that talent up. And I mean, I guess you could make the comparison that it's kind of like what Kyle Busch had coming up, but I would argue that Kyle wasn't this bad in terms of confrontations. It just doesn't, Kyle never was the one to get into fights like that. He pretty much said his word or his war on words to the microphone and that was about the most of it but um it's uh it's gonna be very interesting to see how this season goes forward with ty um he pretty much has the whole nascar world against him at this point i'm sure there's still a few fans but from what i <clears throat> excuse me from what i have seen the majority of nascar nation is uh none too fond with ty gibbs at this point myself included and uh i think that's the end of my rant i'll let you uh take the floor michael yeah, um, I don't think you and I, you know, are dissimilar on on that. I don't necessarily 
I don't. I have a hard time understand. He literally said it last week. I know I have some coming to me. And now you're going to, like you said, kind of bitch about it. But you literally said last week that you were expecting it. So you're going to another short track the next week. What did you expect was going to happen? You know, it's it's like. It really showed how what other people think. And I know I know at the time, you know, oh, maybe it was a joke. Maybe it wasn't. It really shows what people think of the way Ty race and how everybody's going to race him for the rest of the year. When you go to the same team, right? You go to the, another Joga's racing crew chief and you go, what can you do to beat the 54? And his first reaction is just hitting. You mean, does it everybody else? Like that, that's, that that's awesome. what's coming out of your, that's what's coming out of your teammates crew chief. Then you go to the driver, and he says the same damn thing. Oh, maybe it was a joke. Maybe it wasn't. <clears throat> but when that is what comes out of your own teammate's mouth, how can you expect that? Exactly. That means you have no respect among anybody, let alone your own teammate. If your teammate is going to wreck you and tells you, hey, I'm going to wreck you, they have no respect for you. They don't care. Right? You know, and then you're going to do what you did. You're going to try to be tough, but you're going to keep your helmet on. And then you're going to pretend like, oh, Sam Mir's evil. He's so bad. Oh, my God. But he went over to him. He made the initial contact. He not only smashed into him after the race was over for, again, no reason, and then got out of the car and went to Sam and then tried tried sprinting off so there was no retaliation no retaliation you just you, he added insult to injury and the fact that he thinks that this is the last time it's going to happen this year you got your damn mind because now he's already been in a situation to where this is going to become a normal thing you know I kind of kind of reminds me of a couple years ago with uh, when Brad Keselowski, I think it was 2010, I believe, when him and Carl Edwards got into it really bad in the Xfinity series. Uh, he was put on probation for the rest of the year, right? Well, he was going for the championship in that series, so he really had to watch how he raced for the rest of the year. Everybody, everybody just... You know, everybody just took advantage of that. Kyle took advantage of it. Kyle took advantage of it the rest of the year. That's exactly what's going to happen here. And you and I both said that last weekend, that this is going to get worse, right? And then somebody's going to say, like, hey, uh, I'm not putting up with that crap. And him and Ty already had a history, which I didn't know about, in, in the past racing series. So this is going to be a full-on year thing. And... We don't know what penalties are going to come out yet from from what happened. Well, you know, I, so I, you know, I I wanted to be boys have at it, but at a point, you have to. You have to almost say if, if there is a NASCAR official that's that's getting hurt and having to be taken off on a stretcher, then it needs to be let the drivers have at it, and the crews and everybody else need to just let them battle it out. I'm sorry. Yeah, you know, it's it's they're not professional boxers. They're gonna go up there. 
I mean, I'm pretty sure Ty's fist probably hurts this morning. You know, Sam's he was face. Shaking it, yeah, he was shaking it. You once. know, Sam, exactly. Sam's face is gonna hurt. Like they're both they're both kids. You know, they probably haven't punched anything in their life. You know, so yeah, I I, I don't know. My my whole perception on Ty is 100 percent changed, almost almost a, a 180 compared to where I was this time last year, with what I thought of Ty. Yeah. Which Ty, like you said, had the opportunity to be the new and up and coming next best thing. But instead, he's not he's not even going the villain route like people thought Kyle went down. He's just going around and he's kind of just a douche. Yeah. Like I don't have another way to say it. Like he's just you know congrat you know, in, in his interview, his interview, congratulations to my to to the nineteen team, I I had a great race car. What kind of congratulations is that? Uh, I, well, I let me ask like, you this. Uh, let me ask you this: Should something like this happen with Ty again, barring no penalties, because we're we're only in Monday, something could come out. I don't anticipate it though, based on NASCAR's track record. However. Should something, obviously Bristol, well, let's exclude Talladega, um, not this week, but the coming week. Should something happen at that next racetrack with Ty, do you see a penalty coming down to him? Um, I don't know. Again, I kind of, like I said, this, this feud that we have right now with Sam and, and Ty, I think it's going to get worse. It kind of, like I said, it kind of reminds me of I don't the know, Carl it's just Edwards. Sam. He's got a feud with pretty much everybody in the field. It seems like. But I'm talking about like their history. It kind yeah, of reminds yeah. me. It kind of reminds me of the Keselowski Edwards battle from from the early two thousand, uh, you know, twenty tens. Right. You know, they had the two thousand nine thing at Talladega, and then it just escalated from they there. They literally tried to kill each other. Yeah, like absolutely. Um, so I kind of see that going. Eventually, it's going to get bad enough. But like you said, he has so many enemies. Like, if they go down into turn one at any point in time at Darlington and somebody just runs him flat into the wall, I'm not going to be surprised, You, it, regardless of who it is. You know, Ryan Sieg still owes him one. You know, h- how many people has he been that way to, you know, to where he just, I, I don't know. And like like you said, the comparison to Kyle, if you go about, go back and look at Kyle's xfinity career to begin with he didn't have those problems right you look at his cup career people people hated him because of his last name and then people hated him more when he had that thing with junior and then he then he just rode with it and became that type of person in the race car you know that that was his persona but ty is starting off with such a bad progression that I don't know where you stop, you know? So, or does it stop? Yeah. I I don't know. Yeah. I don't think it's going to happen at Talladega, but you know, I I think, I think people are going to lose their minds. If Ty goes to whatever track we go to next, I think it's Darlington, right? I think that's what we said. I'll check on that right now for for the schedule. Wherever they go to next, that that's that's a, not a super speedway. But if Ty goes down there and just 
dumps the the one car, you know, what's going to be the reaction? Right? Uh, Dover, Is every actually, after our, Talladega. So so Dover right goes in there, you know, hits hits the back of you know Sam Mayer. Maybe he doesn't wreck him, but moves him out of the way. Where does it go from there? Is he just going to be a punching bag from here on out? You know, because how much longer can these other guys put up with with what he's doing? I and especially seeing the way how he acts. Yeah. You do it to him, oh, he 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 whines. Like everybody hated John Hunter Nemechek a couple weeks ago for the way he reacted. Well, how about the way this guy reacted after just doing this for the past three weeks? You know, he blamed Ryan Sieg for the Ryan Sieg thing. You know, he it's it, there's always there's always an excuse. Oh, you know, I'm going for the win. Oh, this, this, and that. But you don't drive into people's doors and think, okay, I can get mad if somebody does it to me. Bro, it's for a hundred thousand dollars. Yep, that's probably I, the thing that nobody really is looking yeah. at either. Um, granted, Sam didn't get it, but still, he was in prime position to get it until they all kind of got shuffled up out of four and uh, AJ took it but um that's that's really what started that whole thing you got a hundred thousand dollars on the line you bet your bottom dollar i'm gonna go for that perfect the the perfect word for ty gibbs is he is a massive hypocrite yes massive i mean yes probably one of the biggest hypocrites i've seen in in nascar for from the time i've been watching it. and we've had a lot of hypocrites yes. i i always think i always thought that you know joey logano is a hypocrite he's a two you know he's he's a two-faced person in and out of the race car but ty you just he does dumb things in the race car he's aggressive which you could be aggressive that's fine you do dumb things in the race car and then you get out and you say dumb things like how are you blaming sam Mayer for you punching him in the face right you losing the race you know like you can only blame somebody for so many things you know i i, I don't know yeah, th this is definitely a topic that I think we're going to talk about for probably oh, the rest rest of the season. Rest of the season, yeah, for sure. I don't see it dropping at all. Um, my, uh, I guess the best thing that would happen to me would be if he's leading at Talladega, just having the entire line behind him, just dump him. Not wreck him, but just send him packing. Send him to the back of the line. That's not going to make just... up for anything, but that's just if it happens, it's going to make me laugh uncontrollably. I just I I think I think people just need to race him how he races everybody else, regardless for what position it is. Like, you know, we we've come into you know, and we've talked about this too, we've come into an era of NASCAR where there is no gentleman respect, you know. Yep. The the older cup guys are having to learn that, you know, the hard way. They're getting taken advantage of to whereas these new guys, they don't care. They just come in, they'll they'll run you out of the way for eighteenth. You know, I mean, what was it? We had a battle for 20th in the truck race to where the two drivers are about to fight each other. Over 20th. 20th place in a truck race, that means absolutely nothing. You know, so, yeah, I, th I think the way people race him after that is going to get worse for him. Because now they know that if they just, if they continue to do this, they'll get in his head eventually. And he'll start making those little mistakes because he's going to start worrying about, I'm going to get hit. If I'm in this position, I'm going to get run into if I'm in this position, right? It's only going to take a couple more of these incidents before he starts 
looking in the mirror a little bit when there's a certain car behind him. Yep. You know, so yeah, this is it's gonna come back and bite him. You and I both said that. We didn't think it'd be this early, to be honest with you. But we knew that this was gonna come back to bite him, and sure enough, one one week removed, and here we are. If we're talking about it right now, that who's next? You know, who's the next payback that he's getting? Yeah. My uh my only hope from this is that he can learn from this. Um, should it not continue any further? Of course, I don't know. This could go on for the whole season, like we said. But at the end of the day, I hope he learns from this. I know he's very young, um, so he's still got a lot of time. But um, I'm hoping that this one finally opened his eyes to kind of realizing, like, hey, this isn't okay. So, um, again, probably not the last time we're going to talk about it. But, um, man. There are not a lot of Ty Gibbs fans at this point. Um, so anything else we want to uh, discuss about that topic before we move on? I think that's about it. Okay. All right. Well, let's get into the results then here real quick. Um, your winner, Brandon Jones, shown his worth again finally, led 28 laps en route to victory. Uh, Landon Castle, your pick, came home in second. A.J. Allmendinger in third. Uh, the Dash for Cash winner there. Uh, Austin Hill in fourth. Good run for Austin. Um, Sam Mayer came home in fifth after that bump. Uh, Riley Herbst, the other monster car, came home in sixth. Ryan Truex in seventh in that pickleball-sponsored car. Ty Gibbs came home in eighth after leading 197 laps. Ryan Sieg in ninth. And Jeremy Clements comes home in tenth. Uh, real quick, I'll just go ahead with my thumbs up, thumbs down. Thumbs up goes to Brandon Jones, finally breaking through again, showing his worth at Joe Gibbs Racing. He's always the one guy that I don't feel like I ever really see or notice. Um, so good to see him uh, run well uh, on Friday. And thumbs down, pretty clear, Ty Gibbs moving on. Michael? Um, I'm going to go uh, with my actual pick, uh being my thumbs up, Landon Castle getting a, his first top five of the of the year. Had a good run, had a good car, ran top five most of the race. Um, so I'll give it up to him. And then my thumbs down. I'm not going to pick Ty Gibbs because I think I think you got that one. I think we covered it in in a pretty heated, uh, you know, little little segment there. So yep. again, uh, I'm not. I'm I'm going to go. I just I can't get over the Fox broadcast. I really can't. Brett Moffat just dropped off the face of the earth, and we said nothing. Like we're all watching it. We all saw it. It's not like we didn't see it. Everybody saw it. The O2 car went from running fourth to non-existent before turn one, and there was nothing said until, like you said, several minutes later. So ah. Uh, Bring on NBC. Indeed. All right. Well, that will uh, wrap it up for the Xfinity series. Now into the cup race, the uh, Blue Emu Maximum Pain Relief 400. Really quickly before we discuss the race, uh, Michael, I don't I don't think we really even discussed this, but I do want to go into the penalty that RFK uh, received. Was it two weeks at this point? Um, we finally have some insight directly from the boss man himself as to what happened. Um, from what I understand, he, and he didn't go specifically into it, I don't think. He didn't tell us exactly what was wrong, but essentially, uh, he may have, but I don't think I 
saw it or read it, but um, essentially there was a tail panel on that car that was damaged. They did not have a replacement tail panel to put on the car, so they tried to fix it to the best of their abilities. Obviously, it wasn't a great job, um, and that is what NASCAR got them for. Um, you know, we thought supply shortages may play a factor in this, and uh, obviously it did in a big way. Um, and it's just kind of unfortunate that the sport's in this position at the moment, but um, rules are rules, and uh, it's just tough that repairing that body panel um, cost them 100 points and essentially put them in a must-win to get into the playoffs because it seemed like they were starting to get some momentum before that happened, and uh, obviously they lost the appeal, and um, yeah, not going to get that back, so... Um, but Brad was very open with what he said about the penalty, took questions, and um, overall he's content with it at this point, so long as everybody else gets the same penalty, which I think is fair. And um, I guess at the very least, Michael, I'm glad that we finally have some context on it. Um, I don't know that we know all the fine details, but we at least have an idea of uh, what went on there. Yeah, I think my opinion on it stands as if it was something as and like you said there's always going to be more more to the story than that but if it's if it's something as simple as brad and i think for brad to put it out there i think the penalty and the cause is probably pretty close to the truth um for him to put it out there but why why the secrecy around it especially from from nascar yeah you know you know maybe they left it at the team to to, to say it you know who, who am i to who am i to know that but why well if... why keep why keep such a simple right if it, if it's as simple as it seems why keep it a secret right That's... and if it's a situation to where they don't have any panels left and we're going to allow them to repair it then they sh the nascar should be in a position to where that panel gets checked before it ever goes on the racetrack. Yeah. I I think my biggest issue with this whole thing is why, and I mean, I'm just going to get straight down to it, why is the sanctioning body keeping secrets from literally the rest of the entire sport? Because nobody yeah. else knew about this. We know that none of the other teams were told about what happened. None of the four teams, none of the overall other teams in general, no one. Nobody had any idea except for NASCAR and RFK themselves. So why keep that secret if it was just as simple as modifying a tail panel? What's 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 the point? Yeah, especially especially if they repaired a like uh, repaired it good enough to to you know pass all of their brand new iOS systems or whatever the hell it's called <laughs> that sits there and scans every inch of it. How how was it was it lighter? Did they take you know was it they used a lighter material? You know. But again, why why don't we have the full picture? And why don't the teams have the full picture? Because if it is a situation to where the body panel was repaired, if Brad's telling the truth that it was a repair job, they didn't do a very good job in the repair, then NASCAR needs to step up now, knowing that there is a part shortage, and lay out groundwork. This is how it needs to be prepared. This is how it needs to be repaired. This is what we're looking for, right? And then you have the opportunity to bring that panel to us you know race morning or whatever it is practice morning and say is this panel legal and if it's not legal they have a chance to go back and repair it 
how is it that panel got put on the car, passed through all their magic inspections, and then they don't find it until the R&D center? And it clearly didn't add performance. They still ran 20th. Yeah. So so if it's such so, such a big secret, and now that BKs came out about it, why don't we get the full notes from NASCAR? Why, why is this a big secret? Especially if this is clearly going to become a problem. You know, you... RFK is a big team. They have they have a big budget. They don't use it wisely. They still suck, but they have a a big budget. So how is it that a big budget team is running out of panels already? Like we're we're two months into the season. Yeah, I, I'm flabbergasted. I, that's and I literally pulled it up as you as you were sitting there. I pulled up what Brad said and I read the full article. You know, so I'm just like, how we we need the full story. I, I think NASCAR owes us, especially with if they're going to be as strict as they're going to be. I think they do owe the fans a little bit of better explanation of what was wrong with it, why it was why why it was you know the decision that they made. You know, I, I yeah, I, I don't know, and why is it that the teams don't find out until now? That's that's my biggest issue with this. If I'm a team owner, I'm and I that comes down, I am searching high and low for anybody who can give me an explanation. And if they can't give me an explanation or explanation, I am I I don't know. I <laughs> got to do something because that you can't keep that from the teams. You just can't. If you're going to lay down a penalty that big with this brand new car, a part shortage, everything that goes along with this 2022 season, you can't keep things like that secret from teams. You just can't. I'm sorry. That's just completely unacceptable. Because what if they go and do the same thing? Well, they didn't know. They just, they ran out of tail panels too. They're trying their best with what they had. And all of a sudden we have a penalty now too for something that I didn't even know could get you a penalty. They probably had an idea that you're not supposed to modify it, but... Frankly, what else are you supposed to do when you can't buy a tail panel for a race car because of a part shortage? Like, we had an idea that this was going to be a bit of an issue, but, like, I don't know. It's just, it wasn't explained very well from what it sounds like to the teams, definitely not to the fans, and overall, it just, I don't know, I just, I lose a little bit of faith when NASCAR does things like this because if it was just as simple as modifying a tail panel, why are we keeping that secret? Is there something more to this that we're hiding? Like, that's, Especially if it's that's a where repaired my brain goes. one. Exactly. Like if, yeah. they're, if they're having to repair it because the teams can't get the parts fast enough and we've had nothing but shit show races, right? You know, you, you take them to the Coliseum to where they can beat on each other a little bit. You know, then they go to a super speedway to where there's going to be casualty. They go to another super speedway. Then you go to two short tracks. The, the, the first half of the schedule lends itself to the type of accidents that are going to ruin those types of those parts. And if the parts are in such high demand, why don't we have a rigorous way of fixing them? Why is not this already being prepared? You know, and again, we don't have the full story. We're just going off what we have right now. But how, how does Brad Kozlowski's team, how do they go to the racetrack and say, this is what we did. We fixed it. NASCAR says, oh, we don't like that. We're going to give you the biggest penalty in the past 20 years. You know what I'm saying? And then we just get crickets for a month or so. So, 
No, especially again if it's a repaired part. If NASCAR cannot get the parts for this new car, and we start running out of parts, there has to be another way. But then NASCAR should have made the decision to push the the next gen car back another year. If it's this bad that teams are having to repair parts that are supposed to be already coming from a prepared manufacturer that aren't supposed to be modified as it is, right? Isn't that the whole part of this car? Yeah. Is to not have things like this happen because, oh, all you buy all the parts at Walmart. Well, Walmart starts running out and we start running out of parts. What's next? They're going to start running without corner panels? No, they need a guideline on how to fix them. This doesn't happen if 90% of the car isn't purchased. Like, I would say this is the first argument that I had with this car is with everything being the same, with all these people buying all of these parts, the thing that you could make in a day now takes you two months plus to get. Yeah. You know, I, I, I think, I honestly, I think NASCAR will eventually head towards getting rid of the body panel type thing and having more than one manufacturer maybe you know because once you come up with a tolerance you follow that tolerance but having one supplier making all the chevys all the fords all the toyotas you know it's not like those are separated right it's just one company doing all of the bodies for all you know 40 plus uh, cup cars plus their 40 plus backups so if we're already running out like i said and we're less than two months into the season and we're having to repair parts, what does that say for the rest of where we're going? And if there's no obvious way to fix it, and then they're not going to tell us why the part was fixed incorrectly, what's going to happen when we start running out of parts officially? You know, like, they can't be the only team that's repaired parts. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. Just, uh, just kind of leaves a bad taste in your mouth, I think, at the end of the day. And, uh, Five stars gotta start picking up production, I guess. I don't know. Um, and it's not totally five stars problem. No, it's not. You know, no, they, it's not. They I have to get a just... lot of the manufacturing, you know, materials from other resources. Exactly. Yeah. So it, it's not five star. This is a NASCAR problem. NASCAR yeah. knew this was going to be a problem. They made decisions. I think poor decisions and scheduling to make the, I guess, you know make the option for the cars to get damaged a little higher with the way that they did the first part of the schedule. That's f- fair to a point, I guess. You know, I, 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 I feel like they, that. I feel like they could have helped it out uh, you know, a little bit. A I'm not, I'm not bit, saying yeah. there's a, there's a magic fix, but to be you know, fair though, put... these, these short track races, at least that we thought we'd have the most issues at, have been relatively tame. I will say that. Well, I, I don't think it, I don't think it's a short track accidents that are the big ones. It's it's the ones that like Daytona, you know. It's the high speed racetracks that that we go to, right? Because we're not done. We're we're not halfway through we're through the schedule yet. We still have some of the highest speed racetracks that we go to in yeah. the next, you know, ten weeks. They probably didn't help themselves out with Atlanta either, turning that into another super speed. No. Race. So yeah, definitely. Yeah. Well, but then you go to it again in July. So so you're going to four super speedways in less than six months. Isn't it five technically? Oh, in five six months. months. 
Yeah, five six. It's still it's it's still the same. It's still same premises. You know, you're going to four no, super no, no, speedways. No, no, the five super speedways is what I meant. Five super speed because you got you got uh, the five hundred, Atlanta, Talladega, and then Atlanta again. Yeah, then you got Daytona to cap it off. Yeah, but that's in September now. That's, that's still... the last race before the chase. I mean, but I'm ta- I'm talking about in the first half. In the first yeah, half of the year, you're going to you. you're going to four super speedways. So, uh, uh, yeah, I, I feel like yeah, it, it's going to be tough on the teams. I mean, you know what was it? Kyle Busch wore that shirt in the Truck Series. You know, most expensive weekend of the year. God bless him. <laughs> you know, so yeah. All right, but. I think I think that's pretty good on on the BK penalty. I think you and I both yeah. kind of stand on the same that it's disappointing that NASCAR still hasn't come out with a response to how to handle the situation. You know, I don't know. I, I'm an informative guy. I like to know the information of why the team was penalized. I don't yeah. need you just telling me that. You know, that's like you go into a courtroom and be like, "This guy's guilty," and then they have a secret meeting, and they go, "All right, this guy's guilty," and there's there's no reason you know there, there, there's no no debate about it nothing no defense you know so yeah I, I don't know uh that penalty is almost as cold as the racetrack that we had in martinsville yeah pretty cold um started it was what 40 degrees i believe it got down to i think so had some sleet there as well the rain didn't help and uh yeah fun stuff um but um i mean I think we both kind of agree there wasn't much to talk about with this race. There just, I self-admittedly, it just was a boring race. I don't think yeah, I've I mean, really, I not, can't tell the last time I said that about a NASCAR race. It was just flat out boring. There was just literally nothing to talk about really, except for the Hendrick Motorsports dominance of the race. I'll say, I'll say the same thing that I said last week. And again, it's not to pat myself on the back, but I, you as my witness, I called the last two races two weeks ago. I called exactly how they were going to go. You and I had the conversation, you know, what I thought about the Richmond race and the, the Martinsville race, right? And, and Richmond, I said, don't be, don't be surprised if because of how hot it is, there's 15 cars on the lead lap. There were 17. You know, it was relatively, it was a strategy race. It was longering flag runs. Richmond doesn't handle the heat well, right? It, it grains the tires too much to a point to where the bottom groove is the only groove. And then I included in that same, in that same statement when we went to Martinsville, Martinsville nighttime race is a disaster. It's too cold. That racetrack needs heat for a second lane. We saw very little tire fall off. There was no second groove. It needs heat. I, when we go back, when we go back in November, it'll be, it'll be a better race. Right, and I don't think I don't think you could change anything, and it'll already be a better race. That's not saying there's a lot That's of improvements that they need to make. Yeah, but it's it'll be a better race because it needs to be hot. The concrete needs heat. Right, it, you know it, it's not as susceptible to the sun, but it still needs that heat. You know, you look at you look at Dover races when it's cold. The Dover race sucks. When it's hot, they run up by the wall. It's the same thing. These are concrete corners. It needs the heat, you know, to activate the tires. It, it that's what it needed. That's what we were missing. So it's it's kind of a a situation to where it was a 
bad weekend, bad weather, but ultimately a bad decision by NASCAR to have a night race at Martinsville in April. It's cold. It's still cold. You know, even here in even here in 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 Florida, you know, over here in Tampa where I live, it's it's still you know like in the low sixties in April, and you're going all the way up to Virginia. I mean, come on. You know, what what one year what snowed there, and you're gonna have yeah. a night race. It was just a dumb decision. You know, I, I honestly think I I think the April race has always kind of been the worst martinsville race out of the two that we go to because that's always on the cooler side but then they went ahead and put it at night which made tire wear almost non-existent no rubber got laid down you know they ran 400 laps and ran us most of it all green and barely rubber was 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 ever was ever you know put down so um again not, not to pat myself on the back but i knew this was coming i expected it and i Somehow it was actually worse than what I expected, though. So, yeah, um, I don't know. I, and I think you and I—I I, I told you this before, and I and I even posted on on Twitter earlier. You know, my question: Do you think this car is just too good for NASCAR short track racing? I mean, and I, and I don't mean, it... and I don't mean that this is a good car. Right, this is a good race car, but I—is it too good? I understand exactly right? what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. No, I I get like, it because there's a lot of things with this new car that kind of lends itself for these short tracks, which won't say that you know it hurts, but it doesn't it doesn't put together great racing. I my uh, um, I think my real panic moment is going to be when we go to Bristol. If Bristol is a mess, then I'm really worried. But From and I'm not talking about the, the dirt, race, by the way. We're not talking about the dirt. Yeah, yeah. The the race that that I watched, right, and and kind of take take yourself out of it, and and just I'm gonna I'm gonna point out. So I've said it before. This car reminds me of an Indy car, right? It just does things that just reminds me of watching an Indy car race. The road course, I don't think that Coda was as good that it could have been if we had the Gen 6, the Gen 5, or the Gen 4, or the Gen whenever you want to call it. I don't think it was good. I think the brakes are too good, right? And we, how many times have you ever heard that when I got behind another car to short track, a NASCAR short track, we're not talking about aero push. We're talking about car wake. The wake is so big that there's no way to get away from it. Right? The diffuser is supposed to help that, but a diffuser only works if you're going fast. You know, are the corners at these short tracks too slow for the underneath aero to work properly? And they're just relying on mechanical grip. And if all the cars are the same, right, and you get very little practice time, it's going to be hard to pass. They made the braking zone 50 feet shorter. Well, that means another car has 50 feet less opportunity to outbreak somebody. I, you know, like I said, it reminds me, if you watch a short oval, like, like go to, uh, take IndyCar to 
uh, gateway, right? It's very similar. It's a, it was a very similar race. It's very similar. They could pull up on somebody, but then once they got in three or four car links, they just had to sit there, right? It kind of, it almost, I swear, I watched it and I'm like, this almost looks like a slower, bigger version of watching a short oval in IndyCar. You know, and I know that's not going to be a popular opinion, but it did. It, that, that's what it reminded me of. You know, we're shifting on, on a half-mile racetrack. Why? I hate the shifting. Hate it. It's stupid. I, it, it's, it, are, are, arguably for me, it that was part of the reason that race was not good. Not that well, no, the cars just, needed to shift, but just shifting no. in general there is not is not the direction like, we need to be going. Just like somebody asked Ryan Buddy, oh, how is it shifting? Oh, that gives you an opportunity to pass a guy. He's not like, everybody yeah. else is shifting. He's like, but not everybody else is doing the same thing. Like, it's not a magic. Everybody has the same gearing. Yeah. You know, there, there's no different gear. I put it in third. He puts it in third. We're both leaving at the same time. There's going to be no difference. Yeah. I, I think I think the biggest problem, right? I don't think the problem is the car. I think it's a lot of little problems. Yeah. I, I I'm and I think and I said this from day one. The brakes are too good. They I think they missed on an opportunity to keep the same style of brakes that they had with the older car. We don't need we don't want stock cars to have good brakes. That's the point. They're heavy. They're they're tough to slow down. If you give them better brakes, they're easier to slow down. You know, we saw a lot of lockups to where they still were able to run a really good lap time. Where they still made the corner. You tell me in the past if you lock up going into one of the corners at Martinsville, you might, might not hit the wall. You know, so, yeah, I, I don't know. It, it, I think it was really the first bad race we've had with, with the, the next-gen car. But I think it's a lot of the little things that didn't work in its favor. You know, cold weather, the tire was garbage. And I do. I, I think, honestly, this car in a mile and a half, I think, is the answer that we were all looking for. However, the road courses and the short tracks have, I think, really paid the price for chasing that fresh air mile and a half package. Um, you know, maybe take the diffuser off for short tracks. You know, I, I, I don't know. But if we continue to see the product that we saw at Richmond and even at Coda, we had a good finish. But once everybody got strung out, it was still difficult to pass. We still heard about Carwick. I got within four car links. I couldn't go anywhere. You know, then we have Martinsville, another, you know, bad race. You know, so. It's putting it lightly. I don't know. Yeah, it's, it's not, you know, it's not a good thing you know, three race stretch that we had, you know, for the next gen car. We were really high on it, went to Atlanta and Atlanta was just kind of stupid as it was. And then we go into a bad three race stretch, I think for the gen six car in itself to where I think the car was actually just too good for the racing that we as NASCAR fans are looking for. Right. We got our green flag runs which was great. We got our strategy. But to a point, we don't want them to just be running single file, right? There's a difference if the leader goes out and leads 200 laps and beats everybody by 10 seconds. But if there's no passing through the whole field, that's the problem. It's not the guy leading by 10 seconds. He's just better than everybody else. But if we can't pass for 10th, 
I mean, I, I probably, you know, well, just like you and I are Kyle Bush fans. Kyle started, I think, 11th. I think the highest he got was seventh. And he kind of just stayed there the rest of the race. You know, he had one bad run, but relatively just uh, like 11th. That was it. That's kind of where he ran. You were just kind of stuck. Yep. There was no really comers and goers. You know, Austin Dillon did a great job, had a great finish. You know, you had maybe one or two, but relatively everybody kind of was just stuck. Wherever you started on the restart and got to, that's kind of where you ran. You know, so uh, I mean, look at look at Chase Elliott, dude. Dude led the first like 187 laps, I think. Let's uh, and then fell off the map. Well, let's. I mean, just to lead into that real quick, let's just give a shout out to Hendrick Motorsports as a whole. They led eight ninety eight point five percent of that race. What is that in laps context? A hundred or three hundred ninety seven out of four hundred and three laps. That is a certified ass-whooping by a single team. How, There's no getting how, around it. How crazy would it have been, though, had they lost? <laughs> that would have been... Like just yeah. Like, you see the stat, but it says lost next to it. I don't... You know, that would have hurt, but they're all in the playoffs, so I don't know that would have hurt as bad, but you don't want to lose any race, of course, but... Um, I mean, he was within one restart of possibly losing it, but I, I, there was just no beating that twenty-four. He was, he was from on a, it from the start of the race. From a really high number percentage, we're gonna go to a very low number percentage. Great segue. We, as a NASCAR community, voted the Martinsville race one of the three worst NASCAR races from the Jeff Gluck poll. Okay, I believe the only two that were worst were Kyle Busch wins. Okay, that's saying something. In the and the Hendrick car won, right? A fan favorite team, a fan favorite car won, and it got eighteen point seven percent. The two worst races were the twenty seventeen All Star race, okay, <laughs> and then the twenty sixteen Brickyard four hundred. Again, yep. both Kyle Busch won both of those. So we expect those to be awful because everybody's just a hater. But this race was so bad that the the, the fan favorite team won the race, was dominant. I think this still would have got an 18% had Chase Elliott won. I think that's how bad I it was. I think so, yeah. For sure. So for once, I agree with the NASCAR community on this one. I think everybody banded together. Well, this is a good race. No. Yeah. I mean, not even with the poll, just everything I've seen, just it was an overall consensus. It was just not a good race. And again, it's not because there was no wrecks, nothing like that. There was just quite literally no passing. There was nothing to get excited about. That was the first race maybe ever that I watched flag to flag where I really didn't want to even like continue. There was no point watching. There was there was nothing going on. No one could really get runs on each other. Again, the shifting for me really ruined it. I hate that. Um, you sh- you should not be shifting at Martinsville. Um, I racing took out the uh, the fifth gear just because of that. So um, I kind of wish that we would have done that as well. I don't know how that would have worked, but um, it's just not a good day. I guess is how you put it. At the end of the day, just not a good day. Good day for Andrew Motorsports, but as a as a series and whole, just uh, just not a good day. 
not a good weekend, I'd argue. For multiple reasons. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it was a it was a rough it was a rough NASCAR weekend. You know, I think I said I think you had both both spectrums. You had uh just some bad bad racing in the truck series to where everybody was just running into each other. You had the cup race to where the car didn't perform as everybody had hoped. And then I think in the Xfinity race, you saw a glimpse of the future of where our sport is going to go in aggression and the way people are going to act. If we continue to allow what is happening in our sport to continue to happen. So I think we're at a crossroads at some point here um, with the new car, with, you know, how drivers are, are going about it. And, and, and really, you know, at this point, I love the truck series, but is what is the truck series at this point? You know, they wad up a lot of stuff. It still costs almost as much money as running the other series. And they make a quarter, if that, a quarter of the money that the other two series make uh, purse-wise. Um, yeah, I, I think this was a rough weekend altogether for for NASCAR. But I think overall, this motorsports this weekend had some pretty good races i know you finally caught an f1 race uh this weekend and we'll talk Enjoy about the hell out of it as well yeah um but we also also got to see some moto gp action at uh at uh, circuit of the americas what's supercross uh, let's at, uh, let's let's go to the results here and then we'll get into that because there are, we do i want to talk about that as well so i want that to we, I want to have some dedicated time for that. Let's just go over these top 10 here real quick. Uh, William Byron, your winner. Um, trying. Here we go. Maybe. Come on. Here we go. He led four, or I'm sorry, three. 212. Thank you. NASCAR does not have those on their, uh, there we go. 212. He led. I'm. I know what I'm doing. All right. So, yeah, he led 112 laps en route to victory. Joey Logano came home in second, tried to get there, tried to put the bumper on it, um, but couldn't quite get there. Austin Dillon, as you said, came home in third. Great run for him. Led a lap um, and came home where his car number is. And Ryan Blaney in fourth, led five laps. And Ross Chastain rounds out your top five. It was a... Kurt and Kyle Busch, uh, sixth and seventh. Kurt getting the better of Kyle this week. None of them led any laps. Eric Amarola in eighth. Another good top ten for him. He is the silent assassin in this series, I feel like. Um, never hear a lot of him in the front, but he's always consistently in the top ten every week. So, love to see it. Uh, Chase Briscoe comes home in ninth. Chase Elliott rounds out the top ten after leading 185 laps. Uh, most, if not all of that, being in the opening part of the race. And I think, yeah, Hedrick Motorsports led every lap except for six of them, is what I'm seeing. So, uh, yeah, certified ass whooping. Uh, real quick, thumbs up, thumbs down, thumbs up to William Byron to almost sweep in the weekend. Um, dude's just on it. Uh, was talking to my friend on Discord about this. I don't know that this year is going to be his breakout full run for championship year, but man, he is uh, he's putting a good argument together for it. So uh, I'm going to be interested to see if he can keep this momentum up. Uh, I don't really know if I have a thumbs down. I think my thumbs down will be to the weather, actually. Uh, my thumbs up is actually going to go to the same team, but mine is going to go to the crew chief and Rudy Fugel. Um, 
I've loved Rudy since he was at KBM, was a fantastic crew chief, with regardless of who was in uh, any truck that, you know, he was a crew chief for. Disappointed that Toyota was was dumb enough to, to let him go. Um, I think they missed the opportunity to have a future cup champion crew chief in their ranks. Um, and I think my thumbs down is going to go, unfortunately, to the next-gen car um, and its brakes and, and shifting. Um, this is the first season, this is the first time in the season that I've kind of been let down by the race car because we can put all those other factors into it. But at the end of the day, nobody could get close enough to pass regardless of, of you know, tire wear, regardless of track temp. Um, the car just didn't perform I think good enough for how we expected it. So my thumbs down is for the next gen car. And hopefully I cross my fingers. that This is the last time that I say that for the rest of the year. Indeed. Alrighty. Well, let's, uh, let's just give you the weekend rundown here real quick. We'll uh, take our picks for Bristol since we're running pretty good here on time. And uh, yeah, got some, some indie cars, some F1 we want to talk about. Of course we had uh, long beach with IMSA this week, as you mentioned, MotoGP. So Lots to talk about. Let's just wrap up the NASCAR side of it at this point, and uh, we'll we'll wrap up with that. So let me pull up the schedule again. So of course, Bristol Dirt this weekend. Um, take it for what you're worth on dirt. I will say, from the things I've heard about um, with this next gen car, um, they did a test with Stuart Friesen, I believe, last week. Um, so he will not be eligible to race in the race, but um, they tried a lot of good stuff from what I've heard. For, they have a uh, good tire going there. I know there's going to be some stuff that they're going to put on the underbody of these cars, um, as well as the grill. I know they experimented with a mesh windshield. Um, from what I've heard, they did not go that route only because there were too many unknowns. So um, I, I agree with that. And while I would have liked to see a mesh windshield for visibility reasons, I can understand why they went the latter. Um so yeah, let's uh let's get into the weekend, shall we? Friday, April fifteenth, three oh five p.m. All times in Eastern Standard Time. We got first practice uh, an hour later at four oh five p.m. First practice for the NASCAR Cup Series. It's an off weekend, as we said, for Xfinity. Um, but a little bit after that, we have at five thirty-five uh, p.m. Final practice for the Camping World Truck Series. And again, an hour later, 6.35 p.m., uh, the Cup Series will do their final practice. Multiple practices, uh, Michael. What a concept. It's crazy. Right? It, um, it might produce good racing. Indeed. Saturday, we at 4.30 p.m., we have qualifying, which is going to consist... Oh, by the way, all of that for Friday is on FS1. But for Saturday, 4.30 p.m., got qualifying for the trucks and that will consist of four heat races uh doesn't list how many laps they are um, i'll see if i can get that information but that's going to be on fs2 uh 6 p.m eastern time we're going to have qualifying as well for the cup series same format for heat races I imagine it'll be the same as what we saw at the coliseum uh again that will be on fs2 as well and then eight o'clock Eastern Standard Time, the Pinty's Truck Race on Dirt for the Camping World Truck Series. You can catch it on FS1 and MRN. Uh, and then after that, looks like we got some post-race stuff on Press Pass that you can catch. Um, and then Sunday, the big show, 
7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, a night race this time around the Food City Dirt Race for the camping or from sorry for the NASCAR Cup Series. Catch that on Fox. Listen to it on PRN, and of course we got a little bit of post race as well. You can catch on Press Pass directly on NASCAR.com. Let's go in to the Pinty's Dirt Race or Truck Race on Dirt. Michael, you get to pick first this week. Uh, this one is tough. Um, I'm going to go, and this is a, I'm going to go with whoever's in the seven truck. Do we know who it is this week? We do not. Interesting. But that's what makes it fun. Uh, my guess is probably going to be Kyle Larson. So good pick. <laughs> Still going out on a limb. Yeah. I mean, well, who else do we have here, man? Um, Joey Logano is going to be in the 54 this week. Uh, Harrison Merton's going to be in the 17 truck this week. The uh, the 51 for Cobbish Motorsports has uh, Buddy, some yeah. guy. Yeah. Apparently, he's buddy a pretty Kofoid. good dirt racer. Yeah. So. I think my pick uh, is, uh, I hate to go obvious here, but I think I'm going to have to. Uh, I think Stuart Friesen gonna take it home on Saturday. I thought you were gonna. I thought you were gonna go Lawless Allen. You have to pick him no. at least once. That's just, if we're gonna count points, it's just gonna kill me. That's you're basically telling me to lose. I'm picking an unknown person. True. Right now, right now, my driver I, to win is TBA. I think you know who's gonna be in that truck. That's why you picked it. I think is what happened there. I think it's gonna be Chase Elliott. I'll be honest. Oh, interesting. Okay. All right. Well, let's uh let's move on to the Food City Dirt Race for Sunday. Michael, who you picking? Ricky Stenhouse. All right. As many as everybody else knows it, Ricky Stenhouse, just so we're clear. That's who I'm picking. God, I never thought I'd say that. Now you have. This one's tough yeah. because after last year, we all thought that Seabell and Larson were just going to dominate the race, and then it was a Joey Logano win. Um, I think the dark curse here for this weekend is Chase Briscoe. I think so finally as well. got that. Finally got that win. Is a dirt track guy. One one uh, has won at Eldora in the Truck Series. I think he's a dark horse guy. I think I'm going to go directly out of left field. And you may have seen it coming. You probably didn't. I'm picking Daniel Suarez. Really? He did run really well there last he time. He did. He did. Brand new car. So this is just out on a limb. But he finished almost second or third uh, last time we were here. So yep. I'm going That's a good Suarez. Idea. Yeah, I think, I think that is a good pick. I'll give you that one. All right. Well, uh, that wraps it up for NASCAR here. Why don't we talk some other racing since we have some time here? Uh, what do we want to get into first? We got F1 that was on uh, Sunday morning, technically. Uh, and then we had Long Beach, of course. I did not make it to Long Beach. Um, ticket prices didn't really go down and um, really wasn't worth it. I did get the okay from my roommates next year, though. If uh, all lines up, we can make a, uh, a day trip out of it with them. So we'll get to take them to their first IndyCar race. So that'll be fun. Um, but yeah, what do we, uh, what do we want to delve into first? Well, I just, I just want to talk about, uh, 
into that Long Beach real quick. I know you didn't uh, didn't get a chance to watch it, but that's all right. Go ahead. Uh, I think I think IMSA, you know, sports car racing. I don't know how much sports car racing you watch, but if you don't watch it, I, I definitely recommend starting to pay attention more. I think right now, I think sports car racing is probably the best racing, uh, like through the field that we have. Uh, they put on a fantastic race wherever they go, but the the person I got to point out is Sebastian Bourdais. We we know how good he is from car from IndyCar. You know, we know that the guy's a monster. But what he did on Saturday watching it was ridiculous. For those of you that don't know, he qualified on the pole, got out to a pretty good-sized lead, goes to pass the first lap car. Uh and then, again, this is at Long Beach. There's not enough room. They go around the the hairpin. He tries to straight line the hairpin doesn't have enough angle to make the turn bounces it into the wall off the hairpin has to wait for the whole field to go by the whole field dpi gts all have to go by guy clicks it in reverse which takes him a little bit then fires off is 24 seconds behind the leader makes it up no cautions under green while fuel saving, makes the same fuel number as the leader, goes on to win the race in 40 minutes. It was, it was probably the, the most ridiculous thing I've ever seen. It was absolutely amazing. Um, you know, and, but you get, that, you get some of that stuff every, every week from, from, uh, from IMSA and, and GT Racing. So I definitely recommend next time it's on, tune in. A lot of their races, you know, they have the endurance races that we all know, but a lot of the races are like two hours and 40 minutes. So it's not even the the, the full length of, of some of these uh, Xfinity races and truck races these days with the amount of caution. So I definitely recommend going and watching it. There's always battles throughout the field. There's always strategy going on. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it was such a good race. And, and the clinic that that Seabass put on, I mean, that was ridiculous. Um but that's that's all I gotta say regarding that. Um, you know, definitely tune into as many as you can. The unfortunate thing about IMSA is a lot of the stuff is either you know post recorded to where it's you know like a day a full day before uh, you can watch it on TV, or you gotta have uh, the Peacock app. So unfortunate on on that instance. But when you do get a chance to watch it, I highly highly recommend uh, watching some IMSA and even some WEC. Uh, puts on puts on a similar and, and fantastic show. So uh, you get some some rooting and gouging, some some pretty good accidents. There was a Porsche that ended up in in the in the grass and 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 flowers, kind of like Simon Pagano with his Indy car. So, but overall, uh, what do you think of the Indy car race? Did you watch any of it? I did. Um, caught it a little bit late. Uh, I think they were on lap fifteen or so. So. Just a little bit, but not, it wasn't terrible. Um, overall, the race I thought was pretty good. Um, sad to see Colton Herta kind of throw it all away once again, uh, once he didn't have the lead anymore. Um, I, had, Man, I, as much as I want to have NBC come back, Marty Smith asked, or Snyder asked the stupidest question to him, man, when he asked he him does. about... Like, he does. Like, yeah. He, if you didn't catch it, he flat out asked him, if this brought back flashbacks to Nashville, Colton Herter's response was, I can't hear you, or I didn't hear you. 
And he proceeded to ask the same question the same again. Question. Yeah. It was the no. stupidest question. It literally made me cringe. Like I you don't ask someone that question, but um I hated it for him. I know he had a fast car. Um was it Pagano who uh, mounted it on the uh, the flowers through the yeah. fountain? Yeah, yeah, that was uh, yeah. that was interesting. He decided that he got spun around there and then just decided, well, I'm gonna gas it up and just stay here, I guess. So I think I think my favorite part of that whole situation was Townsend Bells. Oh, well, at least it smells like roses over there. Uh, yeah. It's a... Uh I'm sure it smells great. But... Yeah, I I I thought the race overall was pretty good. I mean, it's a typical typical IndyCar race, you know. The the middle's kind of a dull. It's a strategy race. There was no on-track passes for the lead, unfortunately. Um I I think there's ways that they could make that a little bit better, but that's the kind of race you expect from Long Beach. It's a it's a track position race. It's kind of like F1's Monaco. If you don't qualify first, uh or even in the top 4, you don't really have a chance. So, I thought it was overall pretty good race. Um, man, rough, rough weekend for, Jim, uh, for Jimmy Johnson. I was I really, yeah. you know, I thought he had so, so much improvement over last year, but I feel like this was almost like a, a one step forward, two steps back kind of weekend. Um, unfortunately broke a bone in his, uh, and I believe it's his right pinky, um, to where, uh, he's only able to, to hold the wheel with, I think three fingers and one of them's the paddle for the, the clutch and the other one's the, uh, the paddle to shift. So, Hopefully that gets repaired, you know, enough that he's almost 100% for Indy. I think that's the one we're all looking forward to with uh, Jimmy Johnson. Even if you weren't a NASCAR fan of Jimmy Johnson, um, you know, he, whether you hated winning, hated him watching beat your guy for seven championships or, or, you know, one way or the other, a little part of your NASCAR side is rooting for Jimmy Johnson to, to show that, you know, we're not just circle jerks out there. So, uh, disappointing weekend uh definitely had some had some tough accidents but overall it was you know like i said it was a typical long beach race for for the fan perspective but good turnout uh almost sounded like they they were sold out there um and i'm hearing that the next race they go to uh in terms of tickets which i yeah which i believe the next race they go to is at barber um which is actually having to start turning people away for ticket wise because they don't actually have enough parking so IndyCar definitely on the upswing, um, you know, so that's a good sign, especially with F1 coming to Las Vegas in 2023. Uh, the U.S. is a hot spot right now for motorsports, and I think the U.S. motorsports need to start taking advantage of it. But uh, I think the race that I think you and I want to want to talk about on, on this is definitely the Australian Grand Prix. So for your first F1 race of the year and the new car, what did you think? I thought it was awesome. I want to preface this by saying that uh, Saturday night was a fun night. Um, I think I broke my record for amount of beers drink drank in one night at nine. Um, it was all Bud Light, but you can say whatever you want about that, man. Cheap beer is great. Um, but overall, it was a great race. I mean, the leader was out to lunch pretty much. He was gone no question about who's going to win that race but just the overall strategies in that race knowing that there were two ways people could um break it down you had the one stop and you had the two stop and just seeing how each played out um you know different from each other that was probably the most interesting part to me um it was really interesting to see alex albon almost make it all the way on tires i 
was upset to learn that he could not go all the way on those tires without receiving a penalty uh, yep. because he was up to seventh before he had to pit on the same tires he started the race with. Granted, he only fell down to 10th, but still, man, that was uh, that was impressive to see. And just overall, seeing these new cars, this was my first time with these new cars, of course. Um, I see they still have a little bit of the porpoising issue. I know you really can't fix that overnight, so... Um, I mean, they can. Formula One just introduces a ride height rule, but that takes away from... Uh, the sporting code of, of F1 to some point. Well, there you go. But no, overall, I thought it was a great race. Um, really interested. was really interesting. Um, pretty much held my attention the entire time, just seeing how everything would play out with the different strategies. I think that was, uh, that was really the most interesting part to me, was just seeing how all that would play out. Yeah, uh, as somebody who watches Formula One on, on a regular basis, uh, to listen to you kind of play out the strategy um you know is, is definitely a, a a different take and it's it's nice that the broadcast does a good job yes. of portraying that that's you know that's what they, held my interest the most is the yeah, fact that the, they laid it out for you yeah the broad the broadcast i the one thing i gotta say about f1 no commercials which is fantastic so you're never there's never a moment of you know kind I of i could have seen that you know well well, yeah, I, I guess that's uh, true. Like, I wish I could have seen that, but we were at commercial. That's what you get with NASCAR. But with here, it was oh, wide yeah. open coverage. That, well, yeah. Even and, through and pre-race, by the way. I don't remember any yeah. commercials through pre-race. No. So you, you don't – there's never a moment where you're like, oh, let me see what else is on TV real quick while I'm watching this commercial, right? Your your attention is always focused, you know? And speaking of Albon's pit strategy, right, how about on the caution for Saez, uh, science, um uh, Lance Stroll comes in, takes the hard tires off, goes a lap, puts the hard tires back on, and he officially completed his uh, duty of running two tire compounds, right? So it, that's one thing. There's strategies, whether it's a battle for 20th or first, there's always different strategies going on, different tire strategies. Somebody's on fuel save mode. Um, Mercedes showed up a little bit this weekend. They weren't such a dud. Yeah. But yeah, uh, overall, yeah. And uh, I, I, I don't know how much qualifying, if you watched any Formula One not. qualifying. Did not. You Formula One qualifying is how NASCAR qualifying used to be like back in the early 2000s. It's like pins and needles. Uh, you know, Alonso in the Alpine was on a heater for Q3, goes out. First lap, two corners to go, pounds the wall. Yeah, it was you know it's it's on the edge stuff. Um, I've become I've become a massive Formula One fan probably over the past ten years or so. So uh, I look forward to it every weekend. And I think if I think NASCAR can get to the Formula One style of entertainment, if we leave the entertainment off the racetrack and just have a good you know, on racetrack product. The broadcast does a good job. The people in the booth or wherever they're at, right, they know what they're all talking about, right? All of these guys are former race car drivers. You know, the head guy is, you know, is a, you know, a early 90 race car driver that, that, that does it, you know. I think, I think just the broadcast itself, I think, portrays Formula One in a good manner 
with battles up and down. So uh, looking forward to, and I think it's like four weeks we got to wait, it seems like. I don't think it's actually four weeks. I think it's the 24th for uh, for Imola. But definitely looking forward to uh, another weekend of, of plenty of motorsports. Unfortunately, we won't have it this weekend. Like I said, uh, it, it's a NASCAR weekend with some Supercross on uh, Saturday in Atlanta. So if you like some Supercross, that'll be a good one. It's actually at 3 o'clock in the afternoon. It's a, it's a middle of the day um, setup, Triple Crown event. So three different races uh, for, for both the 250s and the 450s. Uh, but then again, but then the week after that, we'll get uh, a lot of our racing series back. So, uh, yeah, you know, good weekend, like I said, other than NASCAR was kind of a dud, but overall, I think it was a good weekend for motorsports in general. Indeed, and I just want to add on real quick to what you're talking about with the uh, the broadcast for the F1 race. That um, I would argue that that really sold me, just because you we kind of talked about it before we went uh, we started recording here, but they just showed pretty much anything that was happening on track. Yeah. As you said, they did not really even show the leader because there was no point to. He's 20 seconds out in front. What are you going to see? Um, I thought it was pretty devastating that Max was pretty much, I don't think he had anything for him, but he was his last, like, big contender and then had the issues. And, I mean, that kind of sealed the fate on who was going to win that race. But, uh, no, they had battles throughout the entire race. They showed all of them. Um, I already loved the commentators to begin with, but um, yeah, they added a ton to that. They know what they're talking about, all the graphics, the radios, everything like that. There was never a moment where I felt, huh, that felt out of place or, huh, that felt weird. Everything just flowed perfectly. Um, as you said, no commercials or anything like that. You're never going through the channel guide looking for what's next because that race has your full attention. Um, I think there was one point where I had to use the restroom and it was like, man, I hope I don't miss anything because it was just that yeah. intense. So, um, well, it's yeah, like, they do, you know, so they don't always have to have a battle for the lead. You exactly. know, it's a race. There's battles going on everywhere. So yeah, that's, um, as far as stuff that NASCAR can learn from that. I don't know, man, that's probably just, a, uh, you know, a station by station, basis in terms of nbc and fox how they do their stuff um it's 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 tough to because they're in such a tough spot with everything they have to do as well but um you know i don't think that if we had because i know f1 has the drive to survive and i think that's what everybody bases their all their f1 knowledge off of i watched three four episodes of maybe the 2019 2018 season and that's about all i saw so um i didn't really have any basis going on into that race i just watched pretty much a bunch of highlights on it, it was like man that's pretty awesome um and it just so happened that it was on at 10 o'clock where i was so popped it on it was it started at 10 ended at 11 30 a one and a half yep. hour race um it was awesome and I know that there's been some comments today from Kevin Harvick about shortening races. There are some races that you just don't touch. The Daytona 500 is one. The Coke 600 is another one. Maybe the Southern 500 you throw in there as well. But every other race, I don't know that we have to keep it that long because that felt the F1 felt short, precise, and to the point. Um, I'm not saying that I want to see every NASCAR race turn into that, but... I don't know. These cars don't really break down anymore. And next oh, I mean, gen is kind of um, putting a... You look a, at... 
you look at it, but the the Xfinity race was almost as long as the Cup race. Okay, well, there's a reason for that, though. <laughs> but there were there I, were 15 think, cautions in the Xfinity race. But I, I think that's one thing too with with the speak of the races being shortened, right? We already we already struggle with strategy as it is with these stupid stage cautions. Right. That that's those are two unneeded cautions that NASCAR throws anyways. The race would conclude faster without those two stage cautions every week. You know, and then if we keep shortening races, how are these stages gonna line up? Is it eventually just gonna be thirty lap stages and then to a you know, a hundred and thirty lap, you know, final run? Uh, to to a point you start hurting the fan amenities, right? Because tickets aren't gonna get cheaper. You're not gonna pay like when you go to uh, California, right? Did your cheaper? Did your ticket get cheaper when they went from five hundred miles to four hundred miles? Uh, I cannot comment on that. I was uh, not paying at that time, oh. but I, I I doubt it. You know what I'm saying? Probably, probably I highly, not. Yeah, I yeah, yeah. Doubt probably it. not. So we also have to look at a fan amenities on that too. Is if we get the car racing a little bit better, if we show a little bit more racing throughout the field, I don't think the ra- the racing length is the problem. Football games are three and a half, four hours every week. Nobody complains. Nobody's like, hey, how about we do only do two halves of football? Well, there is a difference there, I feel, because with football, there's plays, you know, pretty much every minute, it's, every point of the game. It's it's action. Exactly. That's exactly. what I'm saying, though. But if you can show if NASCAR can show, bring out a broadcast like F1 does to where you're showing the battle for 10th and they're, you know, beating and banging on each other, you're not going to care how long the race is if you see good racing. Yes, exactly. You know, it's it's all an entertainment thing. If If NASCAR can bring the entertainment to the racetrack, people will stop talking about the entertainment outside of the racetrack. You know, we, we yeah. don't need... We don't need shorter races. We need better racing. We need better showing of racing. We need a better partner that does a better job of showing all of the racing action. Kyle, in the last three laps, went from, what was it, like 15th to 7th. Saw none of it. No replay. Absolutely nothing. Yeah. Again, well, I understand the battle for the lead was important, but we saw no replays. We saw nothing other than just the first three cars. That's it. You you zoom out a little bit, you get the first three cars and the top ten. You probably see a pretty good race there to finish finish the deal. You know, uh, you know. I I think right now the TV partners are are hurting NASCAR more than the distance of the races and the actual action on the track. I would have to agree with that. And I mean, Fox, no question, since I mean, even Mike Joy is commenting on it. They've heard the feedback. Um, I don't know if there's necessary. There's small things, obviously, you can improve on. But as an overall group, just in general, I don't know how much improvement they can really do with the remaining races they have this season. But the baton's being handed over to NBC in a few months. So. NBC has every chance in the world to improve off of what Fox did this season. Um, but if they do, that's going to be up to them. The ball will be in their court. Um, I don't think that NBC is a bad, is a bad broadcast team, um, but I just hope that they can kind of take these criticisms that we're having every week um, 
that we're hearing from the fans and kind of look at it and be like, okay, how can we improve upon that? Because um, if we don't, then that's really just going to be probably chalked up to as a bad NASCAR season if we can't get any better than what we have right now. Um, which, I mean, it's kind of the box we're put in right now because obviously Fox isn't it. Um, with all the stupid stuff that they've been doing, we've mentioned before, it's uh, it's going to be interesting to see how NBC handles their side of it um, and what they choose to do with it. But I know that whatever they do, they'll do a good job and uh, do the best of their abilities. So, um, Michael, anything uh, else we want to go over here before we call it a night? Nope. I, I think that pretty much covers us for uh, for this one. Sounds good. Send us home, sir. As always, my name is Michael. His name is Justin. Thank you so much for listening to the 500 Mile Podcast. We will be on at some point in time next week. We will hear from you then. Have a wonderful, wonderful Easter. Spend time with your families. And hopefully the dirt races are a little bit better than the disasters we saw this week. 